One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. From the Financial Times in London, I'm James King, and this is FT Investigations. China has a controversial history in Cambodia. It was the main supporter of the Khmer Rouge, which killed an estimated 1.7 million people during the Killing Fields genocide of the 1970s. But despite these grim associations, the government in Phnom Penh is offering a warm welcome these days to Chinese companies who are investing in the country at an unprecedented rate. These business ties are drawing the Southeast Asian nation firmly into China's sphere of influence at a time when Beijing's rivalry with the United States is intensifying. But behind the billion-dollar investment deals, there is a dark side to China's corporate embrace, as I discovered on a recent visit to the country. Tuang Sot is a 53-year-old farmer with six children, living in the central province of Priya Vihia, where a big Chinese sugar company is establishing a one billion U.S. dollar sugarcane business. He says the Chinese company, Hung Fu Sugar, seized his land without offering him or thousands of other farmers any compensation. He also says the company has bulldozed large areas of jungle sacred to his ethnic group. Standing in the burned forest amid shards of broken burial jars, his face contorted with emotion. He tells me that the company even burned the cemetery where his ancestors had been laid to rest. Responding to the villagers' complaints, Tan Jiang Xia, Hong Fu's representative in Priya Vihia province, denied burning the burial ground. He also said that Hong Fu has paid compensation to a few local farmers, but the others, he maintained, have no right to compensation because the land did not belong to them but to the Cambodian state. The farmers counter that although in some cases they possess no written title to the land, it nevertheless belonged to them because their families have farmed it for generations. Mr. Tuang Sot's complaints are echoed in other villages across Cambodia, where poor farmers have found themselves in the path of several huge Chinese investment projects. The Lower Sisan Hydropower Dam being built by China's Hydrolansang company at a cost of 800 million US dollars, is set to result in the eviction of thousands of villagers from their homes. Cambodia's land law prohibits a single company from obtaining land concessions bigger than 100 square kilometres and ought to offer some protection to villagers, but this appears to have been circumvented in the case of Hung Fu Sugar. 
the Chinese company has taken control of 430 square kilometers. According to decrees signed by Hun Sen, the man who has ruled Cambodia for the last 31 years. Mr. Tan told me openly that in order to get hold of the large tracts of land it needed, the company had set up five subsidiaries in Cambodia, with each one getting slightly under the 100 square kilometer limit. This is related to a clause in the land concession law. One company can only get hold of 10,000 hectares or less, so we have kept the land under each company at under 10,000 hectares. Pointing to a gleaming new refining complex with its own power plant, Mr. Tan said Hung Fu needed a lot of land to produce enough sugar cane to keep one of the world's biggest sugar factories humming. Other than ours, the biggest crushing machines in the world can do 18,000 tons a day. Ours can do 20,000 tons. So it is the biggest single machine in the world in terms of its daily crushing volume. In Indonesia and Thailand, you have refineries that can crush 36,000 tons a day, but these use two machines. If we have two machines, we could do 40,000 tons a day. In total, an area somewhat larger than the Netherlands has been handed over to Chinese interests by the Cambodian government since 1994. The Cambodia Center for Human Rights says this represents nearly 60% of all land concessions granted to foreign companies over that period. Such numbers reveal the extent of China's commercial engagement. Annual flows of Chinese money vastly exceed those from Western donor nations, who had previously wielded considerable influence after UN-sponsored democratic elections were held in Cambodia in 1993. But these days, the West's influence has atrophied in the face of China's financial might. Pai Sipan, official spokesman of the Council of Ministers, says Phnom Penh prefers dealing with China rather than the West because its interaction with Beijing comes without lectures on human rights. A number of Western, they come with attachment. You have to be good in democracy, you have yeah. to be good in human rights. And that the Cambodian went been through a civil war, we understand that no food in the stomach, you cannot get the human rights. No right. money to go to a high education, you yeah. have no human rights. Okay? So that's one, we understand that we cannot jump, we have to walk. Yeah. So the security and critical need, we have to take care of the survival of the nation. Mr. Pei Sipan's antipathy to the West's insistence on human rights chimes with the views of Mr. Tan of Hung Fu, who complains bitterly about the non-governmental organizations working on behalf of farmers to try to win compensation for their land. The political situation here is stable, but there are some NGOs and opposition parties that often harass us. None of them have come here to really understand what this plant will do in terms of bringing benefits to the people here. The NGOs just hide behind the people, inciting them to cause trouble. 
In another huge Chinese project on Cambodia's coast, the local office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights has criticized the grabbing of land from hundreds of farmers and villagers in a project owned by the Tianjin Union Development Group, the lead investor in a 3.8 billion US dollar tourism development. For China's government, Cambodia's importance is about far more than commercial returns. The country's highly strategic position close to the disputed South China Sea and the Straits of Malacca, through which most of China's imported oil and food passes, makes Phnom Penh of vital geopolitical significance to Beijing. And Beijing has been using its staunchest ally in Southeast Asia to reinforce its position against Southeast Asian rivals in the South China Sea disputes. In July, Phnom Penh stepped in to block a statement by the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, or ASEAN, that was due to mention a ruling by an international tribunal against China. Murray Hebert is a Southeast Asia expert at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, a Washington-based think tank. Since the ruling against China in the arbitral tribunal in July brought by the Philippines, China has offered Cambodia $600 million in aid, and in return, Cambodia has at least twice blocked ASEAN statements criticizing China for not following up on the uh, ruling. Cambodia, and to some extent Laos, Laos sometimes goes along, but basically Cambodia is an outlier in the region on blocking efforts at consensus. And then Cambodia gets a lot in return. It gets foreign aid, gets debt forgiveness, in a government that is very dependent on foreign aid, the Chinese aid is critical, and Chinese don't ask questions about human rights. In the future, as tensions in the South China Sea between the United States and China become more acute, Cambodia may well come to exert a geopolitical influence of a kind that it has not experienced since the end of the Vietnam War. Thank you for listening. For more on this topic, please go to ft.com slash investigations, where you can also find more FT investigations and podcasts. This podcast was produced by Fiona Simon.